Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics. I am your host, Father Patrick Wainwright. Thank you for joining me today. Last time we discussed how after the original fall of man, God promised that he would send a Redeemer. And this Redeemer is Jesus Christ, the Son of God made man. That's what we're going to talk about today. He is true God and true man. And to him, we owe everything we are and everything we have. And above all, to him, we owe the possibility of entering into eternal life, the possibility of going into heaven. So there's a story in the life of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Mother Teresa lived from the years 1910 to 1997. She was born in a city in what today is the country of North Macedonia. And she was born into a family of Albanian descent. She is now a canonized saint. She founded a religious order, the Missionaries of Charity, to care for the poorest of the poor. And especially, she wanted to do this in Calcutta, in India. It is said that on one occasion, she found a man lying in a street near death. He was filthy. He was dressed very poorly. He had infected wounds. And flies were, su- were swarming around his body. Immediately, Mother Teresa embraced him. And he spoke to him and began to clean his wounds and also clean the maggots that were in his flesh. A reporter that was nearby was repulsed by that sight, especially at uh, the possibility of having to do that. So he said to Mother Teresa, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And she answered, neither would I. She meant to say that all the money in the world would not be enough to make me do this that I'm doing. But the love of Christ that is bigger than that is what motivates me to do this at this point. As some of the letters she wrote, she wrote and later were made public, we know that she did those things out of love for Jesus Christ. She did it because she saw Christ in the poor. She did it because she loved Jesus Christ who had died for her on the cross and had asked her personally to take care of the poor and bring them to him. The letters of Mother Teresa of Calcutta reveal a lot about what she felt during her life and why she did the things things that she did. So those letters were uh, at one point published, and in one of the letters we read that she had visions of a suffering crowd, which culminated in the apparitions of Jesus Christ being crucified and Our Lady, the Virgin Mary, watching at the foot of the cross. And she described in that dream Jesus speaking to her from the cross. And Mother Teresa wrote in her letter, Our Lord said to me, I have asked you, they have asked you, and she, my mother, has asked you, will you refuse to do this for me, to take care of them, and to bring them to me? Up to there, the letter of Mother Teresa. And as we know from history, Mother Teresa responded to that call. She did everything for the love of Jesus Christ. It is for Jesus Christ, then, that she did everything, and we know her to be today a great saint. Uh, she did made a great impact in the world in her lifetime, and after her death as well. But the question is then, who is Jesus Christ? 
And how can we have Christ as our Lord as she had it in her life? Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Lord, the Son of God made man. But when we say Son of God, we don't mean it in a general way as we say that all men are children of God or as in uh, some um, Bible translations, we talk about the sons of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God by nature. By nature. So, uh, let's say to clarify this point, let us start by saying that as Catholics, we believe in the Holy Trinity. That is, we believe in one God that at the same time is three persons. Of course, we cannot explain this perfectly. However, through Jesus Christ, God revealed himself as one God in three persons. We see this particularly in the baptism of our Lord, this mystery that is uh, expressed in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 3, verse 13, when Jesus goes to the River Jordan to be baptized by St. John the Baptist. Then he comes out of the water, and a dove, representing the Holy Spirit, comes on him, and a voice from the Father says, This is my beloved Son. Besides, more clearly still, Jesus Christ revealed this truth when he was about to ascend into heaven. At the end of the Gospels, Jesus sent his apostles to preach to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. A very clear uh, expression of the Holy Trinity. And this is why the creed that we say every Sunday is built around the profession of of faith in the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three persons are distinct and co-eternal. The three of them are equally God, each one deserving the adoration, the praise, and the honor that is due to God alone. But at the same time, they are one God, one divine being. So we don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God. So I wonder, what I want to highlight here is that the second person of the Holy Trinity is God, just as the Father is God and the Holy Spirit is God. So while the Father is at the origin of the Holy Trinity, the second person of the Holy Trinity is begotten by the Father. And because we say that he is begotten, we call him the Son, the Son of God. Besides, because this second person of the Holy Trinity is begotten by the Father by way of his intelligence, it is also called the Word, or Logos in Greek. In English, the Word. Verbum in Latin. So if you want the Word, the second person of the Holy Trinity, is the eternal image that the Father has of himself. That's what we mean when we say that he is begotten by way of his intelligence, as St. Thomas Aquinas says. So, in seeing himself, the Father thinks about himself, and he has an image, an eternal image of himself. And that image of the Father is the Word, also called the Son, which is the second person of the Holy Trinity. So, of this Word, this Logos, or Verbum, St. John said at the beginning of his Gospel, that initial section of the Gospel of St. John, which the theological tradition of the Church has called the prologue of St. John's Gospel, we read the following. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through Him, and without Him, nothing came to be. This can be found in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. So the Word of God, the Son, the second person of the Holy Trinity, has existed from all eternity and will continue to exist for all eternity because He is God. This Word of God, at a particular moment in history, actually around the time when Caesar Augustus was emperor of Rome, this Word of God took on a human nature. We, he became flesh, as we say. And this is what Jesus Christ is. He is the Word of God made flesh. And therefore, Jesus Christ began to exist in time in the womb of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary. He is God in that sense He is eternal. But as far as His humanity goes, He is human as well and began to exist in time. But He will exist then forever. This is what St. John refers to also in the same prologue or introduction to his gospel. John chapter 1, verses 14 and 18. We read, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as the only Son of the Father. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. After there, St. John in his Gospel. So this may look logical or evident to you if you have learned your catechism, your faith. And this is at, indeed at the heart of our Catholic faith. However, my experience has been that not everyone understands this point in depth, or many people don't even think too much about this point. In fact, one of the first and most serious heresies in the history of the Church referred to this point. It was the Arian heresy. There were many people, and actually many of them were priests, and many were bishops in the Catholic Church. In the 3rd and 4th century A.D., that embraced this Arian heresy, or this belief. So what was this belief about? It was a belief promoted by a priest from Alexandria, northern Egypt, called Arius. From there comes the name Arianism, given to this doctrine. Arius taught that the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Word, the Son, was not coeternal with the Father. Instead, these Arian people, Arius and his followers, they believed that the Word had been begotten by God at some point in time. So, to make it clear, what Arius and his followers believed was that there was a time when the Word of God did not exist. And then came a time when he began to exist. That's according to Arius, right? So, according to this Arian heresy, Jesus Christ is the Word of God who took on human nature. Of course, that is okay. But because the Word of God, according to Arius, is not God, but created by God, similar to God, then Jesus Christ is therefore not God, according to Arius. But if he is not God, 
now we can take a conclusion, then he could not have redeemed us from our sins. So as you see, this might look like of little importance, but it would mean that none of us can be saved because we have not been redeemed by Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is not God, truly God. This is why there was a great saint that all Christians should be thankful for and should be thankful to called Saint Athanasius. He was a priest and later a bishop, also in Alexandria. He defended the divinity of the Word of God, and therefore the divinity of Christ. He taught and promoted and defended the doctrine that says that the second person of the Holy Trinity is truly God, and therefore Jesus Christ is truly God. This was the doctrine that was declared solemnly to be an essential dogma of the Catholic faith, at the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. St. Athanasius had to suffer exile a couple of times and persecution because of this truth that he defended. But it is thanks to him that we today believe that Jesus Christ is true God and true man. So we could say that it is thanks to him and later to the Council of Nicaea which he, uh, in which council he promoted this doctrine It is thanks to him and to the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Constantinople later that we proclaim those words that we say every Sunday during the Holy Mass and the Creed. When we say, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him, all things were made. So when we say consubstantial with the Father, we mean that he is God with the Father, right? So two persons, one God. And with the Holy Spirit, of course, three persons, the Trinity, we believe in the Trinity, three persons and one God. Now, many people followed St. Athanasius and were persecuted because of their faith. Many people suffered greatly because of this article of our faith, that Jesus Christ is true God, light from light, God from God, true God from true God, begotten, not made, and consubstantial with the Father, of the same substance of the Father. Because of that, they were uh, persecuted. Many lost their possessions. Many lost their ranks in society, their titles of authority. Many were beaten up and wounded. And finally, many died because they believed in this truth. So now you and I are recipients of this truth of faith, a truth revealed by God through Jesus Christ and maintained and transmitted by the Catholic Church throughout all the centuries. We have to be thankful to the Catholic Church and to all the saints that gave their lives for this truth. And we, you and I, are now called to be witnesses to this truth, that Jesus Christ is true God and true man, and that therefore he is truth itself, the Lord of history, the Lord of the universe, that he is above all the powers of this world, and to him, above any other power, we should, knee, we should, we should bend our knee. As St. Paul wrote to the Philippians, 
in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, he says, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. May we always be faithful to Jesus Christ and to the church that he established. May may we always be faithful and true witnesses to Jesus Christ through our words and above all through our lives. So thank you so much for joining me today. I will put the links to the life of St. Athanasius and to all other things that we spoke about uh, in the show notes. And you will be able to read more about his life and his fight against Arianism. Remember, please, to share this episode with your friends to help them embrace firmly the truths about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, true God and true man, that he may be the Lord of our lives. And if you want to support this podcast, please do leave a review in Apple Podcasts so that others may be encouraged to listen as well. We will see you in our next episode. May God bless your day.